This is Terrell Owen, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. Go to RosterWatch.com right now to get a pro membership at Roster Watch at a special price of only $3.99 for the rest of July. It's the cheapest you're ever going to see the Roster Watch membership. You'll get grandfathered in. Go get the cheat sheet. We have the PPR cheat sheet uh, up and going. We have the Dynasty Rookie cheat sheet. We have more and more tools dropping through the month of July, getting us ready to dominate those redraft leagues. The only thing that we ask is that when using the cheat sheet, follow the three simple rules at the top that a toddler could follow. They are that easy. And do not bastardize the cheat sheet of all of its magic and mystery by breaking the goddamn rules. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me on this episode of the podcast is the Trash Man. Trash Man, what's going on, brother? Oh, not too much. Trying to get by wearing as little as possible with, you know, not alerting the authorities. That sounds disgusting. What does that mean? (laughs) I can't see you. It means it's hot outside. Oh, okay. Are you back from vacation? Unfortunately. I noticed you didn't do any goddamn work for about two weeks there. Where the fuck did you go? Unfortunately. Where did you go? I went to Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii? How can you afford Hawaii? <laughs> well, of course I had some place to stay for free. <laughs> what, what, what am I? Without, without naming names, we shouldn't name names on the podcast, but were you staying with, with anybody I know? No, no. Okay. Yeah, uh, nobody I know would, 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 would take you in for two weeks in Hawaii. Where, which island did you stay on? Have, have, and had you ever been to Hawaii before? No, I'd never been. I stayed on the big island. All right. Well, I've never been to Hawaii either. So <laughs> give, me the, give, me the, uh, give me the rundown. What's it like? Oh, the, oh, the big island. I mean, I don't know. It's, I don't, I, I've never been any place quite like it. Um, it's, you know, like I said, it's the biggest island of the Hawaiian islands. And it's just like it's got like all but four of the world's ecosystems on it. Um, and I think they're like being a, the super, like all the super cold ones. And I, and I, no, <laughs> no, actually like on the mountains, they have these two dormant volcanoes, Mauna Kea and Mauna Lea that are, um, like in the, in their winter, they actually get snow on and people can snowboard up there. Like I actually went up to, um, see a, see a sunset on Mauna Kea and I actually had to wear two jackets cause it was, it was so cold up there. It, it was, it was crazy. And it, it actually Mauna, Mauna Kea, like if you, actually count it from, you know, where, where it begins underneath the sea to where it, you know, ends on, on land, above land. It actually is the tallest mountain in the world, apparently. Well, uh, but that's cheating. It starts, out, <laughs> it starts out so far under the sea. But I guess it's, but no, that's, that's cheating. Because, like, Mount Everest and stuff is, is, is taller. It's higher up in the sky. I mean, I mean yeah, it's, it's, it's higher above land. Um, 
but yeah, no, they have everything there. They have desert there. They have jungle there. They have like prairie land there. It's crazy. You know, you drive a few miles and you're someplace completely different looking. So what do they not have? Um, I don't know. Because I would have said that what they don't have is, is like the Arctic. Yeah. And they don't have probably, they don't, they don't have frozen tundra. They do have frozen tundra. What? Yeah. The, the, you can't count the very tip tip top of a mountain. That's not a tundra. Apparently, apparently they do. I think, I, a, a tundra has to be a frozen plain. They they say not, I don't know. Maybe they say they they say it, it gets that there. I don't know. Do you know what they also uh, say is that is, is that spam tastes better than ham? <laughs> I haven't, you have I, haven't, I, haven't I haven't ever eaten either one, so I wouldn't know. You have you you have a uh, you have you have moral cultural and even uh, uh, even theological reasons to not eat pork. Um, could, would you eat spam? Would I eat it? No. Why? It's not pork. What are you talking about? It's it's it may be worse than that. I don't I don't know. It's like all the pork byproduct. Oh, so it's made out of actual pork product. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did you think it was made out of? I thought it was made out of like. Um, I've, I don't know. I've never had it. I think it was just. I always thought it was fake ham. So maybe it was made out of soy or something. I don't know. No, it's like all the stuff that they, you know, could on the pig that they couldn't use, you know, at the butcher shop. So what was your favorite part about Hawaii? Ah, uh, it's got to be the food. So what was your favorite kinds of? Is it fish? Is it kind of? Um, are we talking? Yes. I, mean, I think yes, Hawaiian food. Fish. I think of. When I think of Hawaiian food, I think of Canadian bacon and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and pineapples, what, cause, because that's the Hawaiian pizza. Well, what well, they what had, kind of food is it? They had these white pineapples, which are actually, they're not as tart as the pineapples we were used to eating. They're a little bit more uh, subtle and sweeter. Those are really good. And I mean, you know, we just had poke all the time. You know, we'd go to like, you know, a stand on the side of the road and it had the best uh, seafood chowder I'd ever you know, eaten and, uh, but it was expensive. Food is expensive there. How much is a little bowl of poke at one of those side road things? Um, you know, it was probably 12 or 13 bucks, but it was, that's, but that's it was that expensive, but it was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, a, you know, it was a sushi grade. It was, it was a lot of food. It was a lot of food. Now, is there rice inside poke bowls or is it just this, just the fish? I mean, you can add rice in there. I mean, the thing is like the fish, the seafood actually isn't as expensive as all the other food. That's what's interesting about it. Well, what what other food is it? I mean, you know, just I mean, other regular food that you might eat there. It's just well, any food's expensive to you because you don't pay for shit. Yeah, I do. I pay. I do pay for food, but um, it's just like apparently because of the tariffs, you know, coming from um, between I guess Asia and the U.S. Like you can't make um, you can't stop at Hawaii and then stop at the U.S. mainland. You have to go all the way to the U.S. mainland and then ship it back out to Hawaii. So like all the imports um, that are coming into Hawaii from other countries and other places are just a lot more expensive. So, you know, the things that aren't made there are just a lot more expensive. How much actual time did you spend in the ocean during, and, and how many days were you out there? I was there for, I was there for eight days. Um, I was in the ocean almost every day. It, now is the ocean nice and cool and blue and deep? Yes. That's, that's the way it looks. Yeah, it's all those things. But what was cool is the sand. They have a bunch of different kinds of sand beaches. They have a black sand. They have several black sand beaches. And they have a green sand beach there, which is really interesting, and a red sand beach. 
That green sand beach sounds like you might catch something walking through. <laughs> I felt I felt like I was going to catch something walking through the Texas beach. My daughter asked, she asked if the sea was made out of chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> did she ask? Did she ask if I'm made out of chocolate milk too? <laughs> I don't know. I think you're, de- you're you're definitely a, a, a milk chocolatey guy that shows up every now and then. She knows all about Uncle Trash Man. All right. So, uh, oh yeah, just one more thing. So, are the are all of the um, is it like is are all the volcanoes done out there? No, I mean is that the, all done? No, or is that ongoing? No, it's ongoing. I mean that um, uh, it's Kilauea out there. I mean it's it's constantly erupting. That's the thing that a lot of people on the mainland don't know. It's like it's always in a state of eruption. Um, there's always lava flowing out of it. It's just usually going to the ocean. I mean it's flowing a little bit more um, that than it usually does. You know, and people had built houses around the volcano since its last major eruption. So that's why, you know, it's been in the news, but it's only, you know, a very small portion of the island that didn't like it. And where I was staying on the island, you couldn't actually, you know, see or hear any of the effects from it. You didn't get any of the fog or anything else like that. So, Golly, what that must do. I mean, it's like a paradise out there, dude, but living under the constant threat of knowing that you can be <laughs> swallowed alive by lava at any point in time. See, but the funny, yeah. the funny thing is, like, there's no, like, animals on the island that can actually get you. Like, it's, it's got no, like, natural predators on the island. So there's no poisonous snakes. There's nothing like that. Yes, but there. Yes, but there's molten lava that can spew out of the spew out of the top of a mountain at any point in time, and just crack the center of the earth open and, and turn this what you knew is an island into this smoking, flaming abscess just sitting on top of the middle of the South Pacific, and you have nothing. You have nothing to do, uh, nowhere to go. Is that molten lava just go, flows into the sea and ruins everything? No, but it's it's always growing. You know, in some sense, in that way, and it's and it's always, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, oh yeah. I mean, it is definitely an island that is always, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if it's always growing, but it's definitely. I mean, there, the, the, I guess, the topography and everything, and it has to always be constantly evolving because there's always little kind of volcanoes and little lava seeping out and stuff like that, right? Yeah. No, it's it's. I don't know. It was really amazing. I I'm I'm definitely gonna have to find a way to get back there. Jordan Reed right now is going as the tight end 10 in fantasy drafts. And I've recently moved him up on the uh, PPR cheat sheet to where we're going to be taking uh, Jordan Reed somewhere in the ninth round if he falls there, which he has been in a ton of our simulations. I'll be sending you and Byron an email today where I did five simulations um, from each each spot in the top 12 with the PPR cheat sheet and send those rosters and just ask you guys if you think there's anybody we're getting too much of, too little of, uh, how you guys think the composition of the teams are and any thoughts that you, you'll have. But you'll see that there's a lot of Jordan Reed. You've always been the Jordan Reed truther. I mean, I'm doing the busts and monsters distribution tool uh, for our pro members at rosterwatch.com where I've just basically calculated of qualifying games the – uh, contests in which these players have gone over 20 points in standard or gone less than 7 points in standard and gone over 25 points in PPR or less than 10 points in PPR just to give an idea of you know where the scoring distribution and what we've come to expect out of these players on a week-per-week basis. And at, at tight end 10, 
Jordan Reed, the only guy who's had more standard monsters, so 20-point game, 20-plus point games in standard over the course of the last two years and or with the qualifying sample, in Jordan Reed's case, would have just been during the time that he was healthy. But it's 11.11% of the time. The only guy who's better is Rob Gronkowski at 18.18% of the time. Even guys like Travis Kelsey, 6.06. Zach Ertz, 3.22. And then you look at his, you look at his level of busts, Jordan Reed busts only as often as uh, Travis Kelsey. He busts left less often than Zach Ertz. So, so, so the bust, are you talking about games that he's actually in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Of games that he played. Yeah, yeah. of games that he played. Um, and then with the PPR monsters, he actually has, a, he has the highest clip of PPR monsters of any of these guys in the top ten. And he's the tight end 10 at 25.92%. In second place is Rob Gronkowski at 24.24% of the time. So one of every four games, Rob Gronkowski and Jordan Reed get you a 25-point monster in PPR when they're healthy. Travis Kelsey only does it at a 9% clip. Ertz only does it at a 6.5% clip. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham at a, at a 2.94% clip. Evan, uh, Greg, Greg Olson, 8.75%. Evan Ingram's never had a, a PPR monster. Well, and if you look at, and, and then, and then if you, if well, but I mean, if if he was ever going to have him, wasn't last year the time that he was going to have him? Probably so. Especially once Odell Beckham went out, and then I think there was there was, dude, there was times whenever Stephen Sterling Shepard was hurt. There was times when that was like a Roger Lewis, Travis Benjamin, or no, Travis Rudolph, Kyle Randolph. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even, Mason Rudolph, whoever the fuck they were running out at wide receiver, Evan Ingram should have been catching those footballs. Well, Eli Manning should have been throwing them. Eli, Eli Manning wasn't going to give anybody any monsters last season. Well, I want to ask you about Eli Manning, but before I do, where are you on Jordan Reed? You used to be the original Jordan Reed truther. Are you completely off board because of so many concussions? I mean, no. Just because tight end is a position, like if you don't have one of the top five guys, I mean, I don't know that it really matters that much. It's like, you know, if you can get a Jordan Reed and you can get, you know, if you can get 10 good games out of him, then that's a, that's a win in my book, you know, because he gets those big games. He gets huge games. They win you your week, you know. I'd rather have Jordan Reed on 10 good games than, you know, some other mediocre tight end who, you know, is maybe going to get you six points on a given week. It's just you look at the – I mean, how many times has he had the concussions – because he, I, I know he had concussions in college, and now we had – so it looks like he had a concussion in 2013. He had a concussion in 2015, and he had a concussion in 2016. What did he – was it a concussion in 2017? No, it was no. just a – it was a rib, and then it was a hamstring. So – God, I mean, what you just have to in, do... He is injured all the time. What you just have to do is you have to... You just got to get Vernon Davis sometime late in the draft if, if, if you want to go with Jordan Reed. Eli Manning, you mentioned him, and I've just... I've heard, and I know you don't, you don't uh, listen or consume football content <laughs> at all, <laughs> but I have heard on, on stuff around... Um, you know, NFL Network and different podcasts and just on Twitter and, you know, within the ethos of the fantasy community, a lot of people talking about Eli Manning this season. And here are the reasons why. A new head coach, you know, I mean, addition by subtraction and buttfuck uh, McAdoo, right? We, I mean, we hate that idiot. 
Do you remember the way he was doing his hair towards the end? I don't think I ever paid attention to his hair, at least on his the top of his head. His mustache was all-consuming. Uh, the glasses he started wearing, <laughs> the slicked-back hair, the oversized creepy suits. Hey, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Michael Lombardi, dude. I, I think the minute that he showed up for his introductory press conference in New York goddamn city in a suit that looked like he took it out of his it looks like he took a took a suit out of his dad's closet and brushed it off and put it on <laughs> as a little boy like t- you know two sizes too big the minute that happened fans should have been super worried but anyway <laughs> um, a, a good a good uh, a good new offensive mind in you know Pat Shermer coming in there. This is going to probably be, be a better offense. And we have now two players on that Giants offense, skill players, in Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley, both going in the first round of fantasy drafts. We have Evan Ingram, who's going among the top four to five tight ends in all of fantasy. We have Sterling Shepard, who is uh, widely considered a possible you know, breakout-ish kind of player at the slot wide receiver position and somebody who a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for coming out that they think could take a big step. We know that the offensive line in New York for the Giants there has improved. I mean, even if it's only an improvement via one player in Will Hernandez, that's one hell of a player, as we found out, at the Senior Bowl. Shouldn't we be kind of thinking about Eli in fantasy? Hmm. I mean... You always have to keep him in mind, but again, like, where are you going to draft them? We're not drafting before round ten, are we? Oh no, no, no! With 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 your last, you can get him with your last pick in the draft, <laughs> right? I mean, so like, then what? I I don't know that there's much, you know, uh, much conversation to be had about him. He's he's a. I mean, if you're not talking about taking him, you know, early, then I then I'm not really worried about taking him. Because he's gonna—I mean, he's probably gonna be there. Well, he's going to be. That's the thing. He's going to be there. And I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this trash man because I haven't talked to you in a while. But as I've done more and more of these simulations, and as I've done—I've done a few experts drafts on the on Sirius XM. One um, we we covered the FSTA draft up there and up there in Minneapolis, which which did not have quite as many. Um, quite as many zones ecosystems as uh, ecosystems as hawaii but it definitely had more more little tiny lakes filled up with northern pike than 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 hawaii does maybe so and as we were up there we uh we broadcast live the analysis of the fsta experts draft i was in the fourth of july series xm invitational draft that got a little bit sideways on me but the cheat sheet pulled me through with a very interesting sort of um zero RB strategy for this year that uh, turned out to actually be interesting. And it's, it's pretty crazy because the, the cheat sheet certainly isn't anything through any simulations that has uh, ended up with too many kind of zero RB-ish looking teams, but that's the way that this one ended up. Regardless, we know in experts drafts that people wait until the very end to take quarterbacks. But whenever I look at who the quarterback 20 and quarterback 21 and stuff like that, whenever those guys are like the Derek Carrs of the world and those guys are like the Alex Smiths of the world and, you know, the, these, are, these are dudes like, you know, I mean, now, now Jameis Winston is going down there. Case Keenum, he's a starter in Denver. Ty, Tyrod Taylor, who could be in for a good uptick there in Cleveland. Mitchell Trubisky. These guys are like quarterback 19 through 25 and stuff. Why on God's green earth 
would anybody ever take a quarterback with any pick other than the last, the, the last functional usable pick in their draft? And if you have kickers in defense, that means the last pick before you take your kickers and your defenses. I'm not sure. I mean, but people always will. They will. Will you? No. Well, how do you know? You could fall into a trap. What if it's in the seventh round and it's one like like take our take our home Ketchum's league like our like our home league. This is uh-huh. so important to all of us, which has six points per passing touchdown, which which shouldn't even matter, right? Which shouldn't even matter because everybody gets that same six points, yeah. right? But let's just say we're we're in that league and we're in round seven. And there's not anybody that you really like, you know, there's no one you really love. I mean, there's probably some value to be had there, but you feel kind of iffy about anybody. Like you're going to start feeling in the middle rounds. And Aaron Rodgers with Tom Brady's available. Are you even going to take him then? Uh, If Tom Brady's there? Or Aaron Rodgers. Or Aaron Rodgers in the seventh round? I mean, that's yeah. not that's not going to happen, but... Yeah, well, uh, see, but why not? I mean, Because in, in, in theory, you should not even be taking those guys there. No, I mean, I would probably take him there just because, I mean, I feel, as a trash man, I'm going to be able to find value late in the draft. I guess, but you'll be able to find value late in the draft at quarterback, and you can only start one of those positions. Why not in the seventh round be, be looking at guys like, Because still, you know, st- I guess, you know, and, be, and I guess it's the same reason why guys might take him earlier, too, is there's a, there's a fantasy aspect to fantasy. I guess, man. Well, right, right. You just kind of like to root for Tom Brady. Uh, no, I, like- don't, I don't like to do that. <laughs> I'm not saying you, but I'm saying like a guy could like rooting for Tom Brady. Or if Deshaun Watson or somebody was available to oh, you. Yeah. And you to, oh, like, yeah. You Sometimes to- you just want to see those guys, you know, light up the field and light up your fantasy stat sheet. The 2018 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Rosterwatch cheat sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Rosterwatch cheat sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed. It's magical. It's mystical. It's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. It is only at rosterwatch.com. Do you do like Deshaun Watson this year? He's getting poo-pooed on by a lot in the fantasy industry. We were at the FSTA and Brandon Marianne Lee from Fantasy Alarm and the now uh, former uh, radio show. Very sad to see, I guess, her fantasy football. They have had an announcement saying that they were going off the air. They used to go on. Do you remember when we were at the old Austin City Limits studio? They were going right after us. Yeah, what are they doing? Well, Brandon is still very much into it. I think her sisters might not be as into it as she is. No. So they're they're quitting doing the show. But now she's with Fantasy Alarm and just doing some other stuff with the channel. But you know what, what she said is that people are underestimating just how brutal the Texans' offensive line is. And, I mean, I tend to agree with her in a couple ways because they're talking about the guy, guy like Julian Davenport. Do you remember him from the Senior Bowl, the Tay the, the, the Taylor Senior Bowl? Mm-hmm. Like, that guy's no good. And they're saying that he is like the guy who's the kind of the bright spot along that offensive line after they after they dealt away, I guess, uh, Dwayne Brown last year to the, to the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I think do you, do, to me, do you worry at all about the offensive line for to those guys? Me, to me, Deshaun Watson is you know one of the few quarterbacks I'm not worried about as much as far as you know being able to you know have a line block for them or not. I don't. I mean, he's he's more. He's, I mean, he's more mobile than he needs to be. You know. 
but he's, he's coming he's off an been injury. More, he's been more mobile, mobile than he needs to be. He's still a young man. <laughs> yeah, but he's coming. I mean, I understand he's a young man, but he's coming off a torn ACL. Yeah, but we've seen people come back from torn ACLs, and you know, in a few years, you know, makes a big difference. You know, about you know, considering when it happens. Byron says there's a big difference between Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, and that Deshaun Watson is much more gangly. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts? Uh, I mean, he's, he's taller. I guess he's, you know, I guess skinnier and not as stout. But, um, I mean, I don't know that, I don't know that, it, you know, as far as his ligaments go, how much, you know, stock that I take in that, but. How much stock do you put in T.Y. Hilton now that it looks like Andrew Luck's going to be going to be back in the fold? For uh, the he's going to he's going to be a monster this season. He's going to be a monster. monster. I got him as my wide receiver three in that uh, Series XM Independence Day Invitational oh, because wow. people just don't people just don't don't aren't buying into it. And I've, I've been looking over the the uh, si- the simulations these these latest. 60 simulations that I've done this morning that I'm going to send you guys away. We're getting T.Y. Hilton in almost every single one of him because he's priced in to be taken if, value, if he falls to value at pick, around pick 3.01 or 3.02. I think, to me, that's like ta- – I think that's taking candy from a, from a baby. This is T.Y. Hilton. He could be a top-five wide receiver in the National Football League next year. So you took him as your third receiver. Was it your third – I mean – you picked three straight receivers, I'm guessing. Yeah, I took Odell Beckham and Julio Jones at the turn. Oh, well, that's sick. <laughs> and then I took T.Y. Hilton. And then, dude, but it turns out, man, I ended up with a, I ended up with a good team. I ended up with a bunch of good running backs, dude. I think, I, I, think I'm, I was the defending champion in that league last year. I feel like I'm probably going to win the championship again this year just because at Roster Watch, we're the only ones that really have our Chi Chi products tuned in and really dialed up right now to where we can, you know, go to battle with them. That's why you should go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership, download all the cheat sheets, all the tools, uh, everything that's available to us there right now. You said that you wanted to talk a little bit about Julian Edelman. What the hell could you want to talk about this guy regarding? Well, I don't really want to talk about Edelman so much as the fallout from his suspension. And, and, and what do people who are maybe listening to this podcast for the first time think that we're just, we're just calling him Edelman? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they may, I mean, they know we're from Texas, or maybe they don't know we're from Texas. Yeah, we pronounce things the way we want to around yeah, here. I hate it when people give a shit for calling him Johnny Manziel. That's what, <laughs> that's what he was called the whole time he was in high school. I think. Uh, no, he's called Johnny Football, right? Yeah. And somebody was telling me about an invitational that happened here in Austin. Um, was it a a, 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 a blow-up swan in the pool invitational no. on top of a hotel? <laughs> Down at the, on top down, of a hotel? Over at the Circuit of Americas. It was like, a, it was like kind of a combine of some sort with um, you know, maybe some, of the, some more veteran players. No, but I just, huh. I just heard about it. No, yeah, I can't believe I didn't hear about that. Maybe I did, but you're just you're not doing a good job. Explaining. I don't know. I got the, I got the, I got, I got the, I got some of the information to the guy who runs it. So maybe uh, if they do it again next year, maybe next year. Tabs guy. on it. Edelman, what about him? Well, I'm just more I'm more interested in what's going to happen. You know, those first four games that he's out. You know, where can we get value um, in the receiver game? Ah, I see trash, man. All right, so who's it going to be? Is it going to be Jordan Matthews? Is it going to be our guy Braxton Berrios? Well, the, uh, I he mean, sort of, he certainly looks like it. They've, um, if you listen to our guy Matt Kelly, the uh, 
Roto Underworld, they're talking up this dude, um, Riley McCarron from Iowa. Like, maybe he's going to be the deep sleeper. That seems cockamamie to me. What about Malcolm Mitchell? I mean, I think for me, whenever I adjusted the cheat sheet, the guy that I like the most out of this deal, just from the pure volume of targets that are going to be opened up, I think it's got to be Chris Hogan, right? I mean, Are you looking deeper than that? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking deeper than that. Um, you know, from what I've read about Jordan Matthews recently, you know, and, and doing um, some my recent, you know, couple of pieces on slot receivers um, that you can find on the site, you know, they say, they're saying Jordan Matthews, you know, he's, you know, the first guy out there in practice, the last guy to leave. You know, he's putting in a lot of work. Um, I think that, you know, with Malcolm Mitchell not – not sure, certain to be ready for training camp even. Um, and Kenny Britt, you know, is always kind of uh, an X factor. I think that Jordan Matthews actually shows some, shows some uh, he, he could show some modicum of consistency um, throughout, throughout training camps, you know, and I think that's something that, you know, they appreciate there in New England with their receivers, just with their players in, generals, and, and general. In general, I mean. And here's the one question before we get out of here that I have to hear. The one question that I have to ask the trash man, because I have to hear your answer, because I feel like it's going to be the most disgusting answer there there is. So make it as disgusting as you possibly like. What do you think of Terrell Owens dissing the Pro Football Hall of Fame and deciding to give his Hall of Fame speech at 3.12 p.m. on the day of the induction ceremony at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga? I mean, I think, I mean, Terrell Owens does what he wants. He's always done what he wants. And the NFL, you know, I'm sure he feels like, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder about the NFL never, you know, giving him his due otherwise. You know, when he was, you know, running really fast 40s as a 40-year-old man almost, you know. Um, I feel like he still feels like he, you know, isn't getting a fair shake from the NFL. He probably still feels like he can compete in the NFL.